Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites, and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of, Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks Cafe cast interview, which occurred on April 3, 2019 in a real cafe in Diamond Head, Arkansas, with Danny J, KD5DLJ, and guest 83-year-old William Trent Blakely, WD0AUM of Hot Springs, Arkansas. All right, welcome to the Digicom Cafe. I'm Denny J, and I'm sitting here in a little cafe in Diamond Head, Arkansas. Just enjoyed a lovely breakfast here and happened upon a fellow ham. His name is, and his call sign is? My name is Trent Blakely, and my call sign is WD0AUM. Uh, my real name is William Trenton Blakely, but anyway, I am from Colorado, been here in Arkansas 25 years now, and, and uh, love the climate down here and the greenness and stuff like that. So, Trent, how, how long have you been at Ham? What year did you get I your honestly list? don't remember, but it was sometime in the early 70s okay. that I got my original license. I got my first license was an advanced class. And how did you get interested in amateur radio? Well, a friend of mine caught me and was talking to me about being on the CB all the time. And he said, you might want to learn Morse code. And I said, well, I may already know it because I had been at radio school in the Navy. And it came right back to me. You don't forget that. So. How many words a minute? Um, and at that time, probably 35. Wow. We had to copy 30 words for one minute with no errors. Really? To get out of school, yes. Did you have a typewriter to the Yes, t- we did it on a mail. Really? Interesting. And uh, it was all in intelligence work. It was, I was with the Naval Security Group, and we worked directly under NSA. Wow. And uh, so it was gathering information. Wow. So you got your first radio. What was your first ham radio? I really can't remember. Uh, I remember that it wasn't much. It was a 100-watt output key down and it had been hit by lightning and I repaired it myself not wow. being a technician at all <laughs> wow <laughs> neat fun what band were you on the first transmission uh, I actually started out on 20 20 is a good good band and, and I stayed on that a little bit but I also did a lot on 10 because you could work with low power and uh, if if the ionosphere was correct you could transmit some big distances yeah and talked to many many Russians and stuff like that I have no idea how many uh, QSL cards I had but a ton of them do you still have those cards I don't know if I do or not if I do they're somewhere I don't know where they are <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch that uh, I accumulated over the years too it's always fun to look back over those and oh, yeah. I can almost remember some of those contacts yeah yeah, yeah. wow so what was uh, the most exciting experience you've had as a ham radio operator well, as as a, in the, being in the Navy, it, it, before I was a ham operator, I I did copy uh, the Russian satellite. Uh, I was one of the first guys to copy that, and uh, I the was Sputnik. Yes, I was so amazed that they called me and told me what frequency it was going to be on and when it was going to be there. It wasn't like Oscar; it wasn't directional. So you just copied it and went beep beep, 
beep beep. Oh. After a long time trying to, to, to get any information out of that, I found out what it says is beep beep. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> wow. So did you spend most of your time doing CW? No. Um, the guys that do that are generally skilled people, and I never was real skilled at it. So uh, guys that want to show their skill or want to be proud of what they learned and do, heavy in CW. I really wasn't. I pretty much listened on phone all the time. Okay. Did you have a straight key or a Viberplex bug or what? I had a, a, a bug I made from a, a, a kit from uh, oh, Slumberjay. What's the company, Slumberjay? That owns, Slumberjay owned a company uh, that you bought kits from. Heathkit. Heathkit, oh, yes. sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it was a uh, Heathkit. That's the one you said you built, huh? Yes. And pretty neat, too, yeah. actually. I, I got an electronic right. here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think neat. I did that, too. I built uh, quite a station, Heathkit station. Yeah. SB-102, 200 linear, 630 station console, and the keyer. I had a 100-amp key-down uh, amp from Heathkit, but I bought, I think it was a 2000, something like that. But anyway, uh, that's the only time I ever had an app, and, and uh, but I didn't use it. I, uh, mm. Do you kind of miss amateur radio? Mm, sure, but the internet just replaced it so much that. Yeah. And the last time I got serious on the ham radio, it it was like the old CB radio people using filthy language and yeah. uh, showing no respect for one another and things like that, and that did not build my interest back up in it. Right. You were experiencing that in ham radio even? Yes. Really? Very much. Wow. Yeah. We, yeah. we Especially try on two meter and stuff like that. They get on there and they're, they're used it like to do a CB. Oh, no. I've even experienced people traveling down the highway and stuff using VHF marine radio to keep contact with a bunch of trucks and cars. Illegal. Yeah. But it's still better than a CB. Wow. <laughs> well, one of the things we try and do in the Digicom Cafe is create a culture of kindness and respect. Yes. And so we, yes. we don't tolerate any of that stuff here no. in the cafe. No. So we just try and keep it clean. We're trying to attract young people to the hobby. Pretty hard. Well, the one thing they have in common, a smartphone. Yes. And so now with all these digital platforms we've got, like Zello and TeamSpeak and so many others, Echolink, yes. we can bring young people in with whatever they have in their pocket sure, and get them interested in the hobby. Yeah, I so. gave a, a, a lot of tests. I, at the time I was active in ham radio, uh, I was able to give tests for novice. Oh, so you were a VE? I don't know. Volunteer examiner, they call them? I don't think they called them then. I think just if you were a certain grade of operator, you were able to do it. I, I really don't recall. Okay. It's been a long time. Well, that's through the ARRL. Yes. Yeah. Okay. American so you've been a Radio member. Relay League. Right. So you've been a member for years, and probably not anymore. Uh, not anymore. Uh huh. Yeah. And I used to when seventy three first came out the magazine. Why I, I was involved in that a little bit, and uh, I liked it all. I, I I'd love to read about new technology and learn about new technology, but as far as being I didn't have a lot of money at that time, so I didn't buy a lot of new technology. Right, right, right. Uh, well, you say that the uh, Internet changed everything. Sure. Are you aware that they have things like remote hands? I wasn't until you told me. Remote hands. You can actually have, like, an HF rig on your screen. Really? And turn the dial and talk through your really? computer out somebody's HF radio. Wow. They've got all kinds of apps like that out that there That amazes now. me. So if you have time, you might want to look into it. 
Yeah, once in a while I'll buy a, a an ARRL magazine, you know, or a, yeah. and, but I I tend to look at the gear rather than at read the articles, and I should read the articles, I <laughs> yeah. guess. <laughs> well, you have an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason you couldn't download some of these apps like Zello and join the ham community just using yeah, your Yeah, I always enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the people. Yeah. And, uh, as you know, I'm a kind of a people person. I yeah. just like people, and I, everybody's a good person until they prove me wrong. Right. Very good. <laughs> well, I can tell you have a voice for radio. And yeah. you said you were in broadcasting for a while. Actually, I went to what was called, I used my GI Bill to go to the Columbia School of Broadcasting. Oh, wow. <laughs> I found out then how much it paid, and I never went back. <laughs> awesome. They wanted to hire me. Out in eastern Colorado, these little towns for seventy-five, eighty-five dollars a week. Well, you know, you couldn't. I got wife and kids and a family. I can't. You got to eat your ego if you're doing something like that. <laughs> wow. So, did you ever do like uh, voiceovers? I uh, no, I didn't. I did some commercials, um, but um, I never was very good at it, and never was interested in it. So I okay. didn't pursue it much. Well, do a commercial for young people. If you, if you were to do a commercial to introduce them to ham radio and why they should get a license, do a little commercial for us. Well, you tell me. How, why, how would you get anybody interested? They've got the Internet. Yep. It's just like church. I know you're active in church. I'm active in the church. For us to get new young people in the church is so difficult anymore. They, yeah. they want something that's concrete that they can see the real answer to all the time. They're not interested in going into something that they can't see. Okay. So it's really hard for us in the church uh, to get new young people. Right. And um, the old people don't want them really that bad anyway. We want to hear the old songs we heard when we were kids. Right. And so. And a lot of people are like that with this new technology. Now you I'm seem sure. pretty progressive as a eighty. Three years old. Three years old. Yeah. You seem interested in technology, whereas a lot sure of people, yeah, not terribly interested in reaching out to kids. No, I am, and I'm interested in. You know, your memory works on how interested you were in the subject to start with. The more interested you were, or the more something hits your memory, the longer you'll remember it, and the more that you'll do of it. So. Your memory is very, very important to you, to what you want to do and how your mind's working today. Yeah. And uh, old people have a problem. I, I knew when I was young, I would get old, I couldn't walk good and stuff like that. I didn't know that your mind would mess up on you. <laughs> I didn't know a lot of the other downsides to getting old, but I probably would have done it anyway. <laughs> Well, there's probably a lot of RF signals going through your brain, maybe affects you too, I don't know. In the course of my life, I was very interested in different things, and I would be interested in it, like the ham radio, for quite a while. I got into fishing when I was uh, oh, back in the 80s, so I became a tournament fisherman. I fished tournaments all over the United States. I fished uh, BASS tournaments, uh, bass fishing. I fished a lot of walleye tournaments, the Colorado Walleye Association. And I fished muskies, and that's how I got up into, to actually was partners with a guy, and we were national champions several times. Wow. Muskies in the, in the 80s. I bet you're a big fan of Johnny Morris. Yeah, Johnny Morris did a, uh, he, he's very instrumental in bringing fishing to a big yeah. commercial industry. 
Well, we just went to Johnny Morris's uh, Wonders of Wildlife Museum. Have you heard of that? I haven't been there. Oh, oh it's incredible. Incredible. Is it by Branson? It's up in Springfield. Okay. And it is uh, unbelievable. I think it's the largest aquarium in the world of all the fish and stuff. And the, the dioramas of animals and wildlife mm -hmm. and stuffed deer heads, you know, with all the different kind of sure. record antlers. Sure. Amazing. Yeah. Did you ever use uh, amateur radio, like two meters, when you're out fishing? Or? No, it's not. You, you can't. But if you're walleye fishing now in tournaments, it's almost necessary that you have a VHF marine radio with you. Oh, okay. They don't want to. They, they put out 75 boats, and they want to make sure they bring in 75 boats. Oh, okay. So if one of them don't check in, then you've got to find this guy and see what you know. You don't want to leave somebody out there broke down someplace. Right. Right. So it's uh, it's. Part of it on the marine side, but uh, amateur, it's not really legal in the most really? tournaments. Huh? I feel like you're cheating getting this. Well, yeah, because I could be telling you, hey, hurry over here. I got a bunch of fish corralled, you know. Oh. Okay. And uh, it, it wouldn't uh, be fair. Yeah. But if you do it on if you do it on the marine radio, it's all right, I guess. I don't know. Well, you're not, you're not supposed to do business on amateur radio. No, You've got no. some... Legal restrictions. Uh, one thing I did do on amateur radio uh, about a million and a half years ago, <laughs> down in South America, they had uh, uh, Jim Smith, the guy that had the big uh, cult. Oh. And I talked to their radio operator a lot. His name was Al Touchette, and he was in Ghana, Guyana, and they would use the radio for for commercial. They would call on, on a ham radio back to San Francisco where their headquarters was and order stuff and stuff like that, which they shouldn't do, but you know, we're not going to get picky about things like that. But anyway, I talked to them and, and Al was one of the guys that drank the Kool-Aid when the day came. Really? Yeah, they almost all did. There was very few of them. Uh, that was quite a... What was the guy's name? It wasn't... Uh, Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. Jimmy yes. Jones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jim Jones, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, what other famous people have you talked to on the radio that you remember? Not a lot. I can't. King Hussein of Jordan? I talked no, to him. but he was in a ham, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't talk to anybody that I can think of that was important. Yeah. <laughs> but people are only as important as other people see them. Well, who knows? You and I may have talked. Yeah. Who'd you? I did a lot of it. One time was a big deal to get all of the countries in the world, then all the states in yeah. the United States. Worked and, all states, worked all Yeah, and get your QSL cards from every one of those. And yeah. it was a it was a little game you played to, to keep your interest up in a hobby you loved. Did you do it? Yeah. Did, I, you, did you work all states? No. No. But I, I kept my cards, you know, so yeah. I could tell who I had talked to. I'll bet you now you're going to go home after this interview and... Look. I'm going to get on this. I'm going to get on this application here. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah. it intrigues me. It's something new. Yeah, and it's so convenient for, for people who are retired and yeah. don't have antennas or radios. Down here in Arkansas, we call it, I live in the holler. The holler. I'm in the holler, and that's all you can do is holler because you can't get out on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could if you have internet now. Yes. So. We look forward to having you join us in the Digicom Cafe. I'll be, give it a try. As soon as I get all hooked up, I'll be on there saying hi to you. Awesome. Well, it sure was a pleasure meeting you, Trent. <laughs> pleasure meeting this, you this guys. This has been and great. I hope you meet a lot of other nice people on this trip. Yeah, well, we meet nice people wherever we go. You are so nice people. You guys work. were great. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. Visit our website at digiconcafe.com to see our extensive digital buffet menu and listen to all of the live conversations on our Cafe on Ice stream. Or this and many more episodes of our Cafe cast.